0: You're listening to... Whoa! Hot luck! Hot luck! Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. I'm an actor, producer, and filmmaker here to share inspiring stories and to walk through everyday life with you. Hi, you guys. How are you? Happy holidays. Um, Surprise. This is my bonus episode that I just decided to throw in because it did not feel right to close out the year in between seasons without checking in on you and saying hello and sharing some updates and also just sending out as much love and encouragement as I can because it's the holiday season. And as it's honestly my favorite time of the year. But I also know that it can be hard for a lot of people, and it has been hard for myself in past years. Um, So I just wanted to say hi and be here with you, send a big hug, and sit with you for a little bit. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to share some updates on how everything's been going and to reflect on some things that have been kind of really shaking my world and helping me grow in a big way. That was kind of costly, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But it was, uh, it was an intense year. This was a huge year of growth for me. And given that everyone's in reflective mode and introspective mode and, you know, there's dynamics that are really complicated with family and sometimes with friends and with holiday gatherings and seasonal depression or whatever mix of those, you know, you may or may not be experiencing. I think it's beneficial and it's helpful to, I don't know, it's really helped me just to hear everybody else share their thoughts on it and to check in on one another. I'm really lucky to have friends who've been checking in on me, and I want to do the same for you. So since the last episode closed out, it's been, I mean, overall, this year has been absolutely crazy. I've made leaps and bounds as a person, and I've achieved A lot of things and like crossed off many things off checklists and, you know, gotten some great milestones that it feels a little surreal um, to have at this point. And it was also one of the most intensely difficult years for me as well. At this point, though, because I'm in my 30s, like I'm a bit used to that. And there's a relief that comes with, like, knowing that I can handle it. And there's also extreme exhaustion knowing that it's going to continue to be challenging, you know? Like, I know I can handle it because I've been well-prepared and well-trained to handle difficult things. And I know that challenges are going to continue to evolve because the more that we grow, we're going to just face new challenges because the old challenges are going to become easy easy. Or easier to handle, and you're just going to bump up against a new thing and tear new muscle fibers and become stronger in different ways and expand and grow. And not going to lie, that part kind of still scares me. And I'm like, I'm just tired. Leave me alone. I just want to nap for a really long time. Drink tea and be warm and have quiet and read a book. You know, like I'm basically turning 80 years old pretty early on, but. I don't know. That's just how this year has been. I'm extremely grateful. I'm pretty tired, and I'm really entering my hibernation mode. I think my body's been getting into hibernation mode, and I've been trying to be as productive in my last month as possible, but also learning how to let myself not be productive and just relax. It's a challenge. But I have been taking stock of just the delta like the change in who I've who I was at the top of the year and who I've become and overall I'd like to I'd like to just share like I'm really proud because you never know even when you have faith in yourself and you're determined and you're committed like actually walking that walk is really it's still tough you know And even when you have faith in yourself, and that's in a really lucky place when you have faith in yourself. I did not always have faith in myself, and I have moments where it wavers or disappears for a bit. It's hard to keep putting one foot in front of the other. It gets really hard. And you're just mentally, physically, emotionally, financially exhausted. So for that reason, yeah, I I am really proud— Um, I guess I'll share some fun updates with you guys. Is that this year, the things I'm proudest of is that, I mean, A, vision boards work, y'all. If you haven't made one yet, even for funsies, on PowerPoint, on Google presentation, on Canva, or on a piece of paper with a pen, like, I really encourage you to make one. Ooh, use Pinterest, like, all those things. It's just a fun exercise. It's something that I've really started to invest in the last several years, and a lot of stuff came true. For example, I made my first short film. I mean, that was probably my number one most challenging and seemingly impossible endeavor because we're still in the middle of COVID. Um, Just being able to rally everybody, being able to put together the funds and organize all of this. I mean, it was honestly... The creating of the short film was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I've done a lot of things. I've put on a lot of shows. I've traveled around the country. I've lived abroad. Like, I've done a lot of different things in my life. This was definitely top three at this point, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I 100% loved it and want to do it again. Making that short film, which is not complete yet because there's a, a plot twist in where it's gonna, what it's going to become, Um just going through all of the all of the legwork that comes into like pre-production to production to post, having a team that, in retrospect, I'm like just in awe that we put this together because all of us were relatively inexperienced in putting together a film. Um, yet we were all really determined, and so I have to do a shout out to Andy Tirada, to Jenny Valle, and to Melly Lee. The four of us put our heads together, we put our, you know, rubber met the road, you know what I mean? We did the meetings, we made the checklist, we did the budgeting, and I was really fortunate enough to be in a place to be able to put in mostly, you know, my funds. And some amazing friends came through to contribute as well so generously to make that initial project happen. And somehow, in the middle of COVID, with so many things, like, Our backs against the wall in so many like ways—from getting the locations to getting permits on time, to again just the case case numbers rising and changing all the rules around what we have to do with testing. At one point on our second day, we had fifty people on set, which is insane. I I'm just looking. I'm like, how did you do all that? And what possessed you to go that big, that right out the gate? You know, like why why did you do that? Um, And I I think really at the end of the day, I shared this with friends afterwards, I think I needed to go that big because I wouldn't have done it any other way. I don't think I would have moved forward it forward on it any other way. Um, so that was a really good test for me to walk my talk, to have perseverance, and to just stick it out. And we face so many different bumps, whether it was financial or logistics or relationship wise. I mean, I'm working with amazing, talented friends and professionals, but everything is a challenge because in a different setting, in a different set of circumstances, i.e. with COVID, working in LA, working within these hours and these areas of Los Angeles, like working in Koreatown and whatever, you're just going to constantly come up with different problems that you never anticipated, you had some preparation for, and it's just that specific mix of personalities and emotions and, let's be real, like hormonal schedules. For me, I was like, it was, I was scared. I was like, oh my god, I think I'm going to be in a really emotionally vulnerable place. Um, And that's why I just think it's still such a miracle that we were able to do it, even though I have so much confidence in all of us and know that we had we had everything it takes. It still is a really big deal for it to really come together and be completed the way that it was. Um I'm thankful to my actors, everybody just like stepped up, crew. I was an emotional mess. I honestly took about a month to recuperate from that. And for real cuz I talk about this with my vision board crew. Hi Priska Kevin. Um I had set out my goal to make that short film by the end of June. Like, I was like, I'm going to film this by the first half of the year. And not going to lie, within Q1 of 2022, I was like, okay, this ball better be rolling if I'm actually going to do this within 2022. And again, right out the gate, the challenges, like, started coming at me left and right in terms of just COVID. Again, COVID was a huge component in all this. Just... And, and our team being able to have the availability to do this and have enough days to knock it all out. It was wild. And I did it. And I'm freaking proud of it. And I'm freaking proud of us. I'm freaking proud of the crew, the cast, like everybody who poured into this. And now it's evolving. And that part I've been horrifically like dragging my feet on because I, I hit a different wall of like, a different kind of imposter syndrome of like, okay, now I made this, but now it's not what I originally envisioned, which is okay. Where do I take it from here? So since June, it's been a bit of a challenge to really get focused again and, like, decide and then also figure out the next strategy plan. It is such a freaking marathon to make anything, guys. But I I love it, and I'm so grateful that I did it. I think the doing of it was the biggest thing to go through the motions to take theory and put it into practice and learn Huge lesson. My biggest, I think one of my biggest, biggest, biggest pride moments of like this year. It's great. Um another thing that happened was I got my SAG card. <laughs> and that's really recently. Um, I'm a sag after actor now, and it's a really big milestone for actors who, you know, a lot of actors get into the into the whole game very differently. Everyone has a different set of expectations and goals and intentions. I, since I was really, really little, wanted to be Meryl Streep. I wanted to be a film actor and also TV actor. That's evolved over the years because I've been obsessed with TV since I had eyeballs, you know, which is since forever. And it's it's kind of this really surreal thing to know, like, oh, I'm in this Screen Actors Guild. Because it is a rite of passage and it is this, I guess, uh, advancement of a career. And it's also a very complicated thing because there's so much politics that goes behind it and people who don't know, that's a lot of people, I don't imagine most people will know this, but going SAG for actors is in some ways a bit of a sacrifice because, um, you know, there's just a set of rules that you have to abide by and the ways that, an actor can make a living, which is, you know, there's non-union work and union work and it's it's a shift. It's like you're changing gears and you're leaving an old part of your career behind and hopefully now you're competing with, you know, the big dogs. You're competing, like I'm in the Screen Actors Guild with Meryl Streep, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're in the same guild together. That's a big deal. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just been wild. I've been eligible for seven years now and I even took a step back from being on camera for almost three years and didn't know where this career was going to go so the fact that I made it that I'm here that I had the means to like join the union to pay my dues and to do all that and to commit to it is a pretty beautiful thing it's a it's a pretty fantastic thing um Yeah, that's pretty freaking cool. I'll also say this. In light of this, that milestone. It's a really big juxtaposition to, like, the filmmaking thing, which was high stress and high intensity and all the emotions and needing to regroup for, like, a month and pulling my hair out a bit, crying, all that stuff. It was, like, a—it was a very momentous thing, filmmaking. For Screen Actors Guild— it more it more fell in line with how other big milestones in my life have felt, which is it felt normal. It was like kind of I'd like anticipated it so much, and I'd been on the website so much, and I had started the application so much, and I thought about it and I'd planned around it, talked about it with agents in the past. Like it was such a thing that I had mulled over and stepped into, I guess, because I've been acting, I've been doing my work and doing my different projects, you know, smaller indie projects and voice acting and all that stuff for so many years at this point. It more, more than it being like this big giant, like, ah, I'm going to cry moment. It was like, oh, this is just what I have to do and I'm going to now I will click this button. And now I will enter my credit card information. And now I will submit my application. And now I will receive my card. It felt very normal. That's how I felt when I decided to move to LA. That's how I felt when I decided to leave um, a couple jobs in the past where I knew it was just time to transition out. It just felt like it was the next step. And it was Sucky in a way because it was anticlimactic. And I was like, I wanted this to be big. I wanted this to be everything and fireworks and explosions. But there was something also really funny and ironic and like kind of poetic that it was just normal. So it was a mix of things this year. I think two huge milestones in my life, one being really, really gigantic and the other one being very subtle and, you know, just blending into my everyday. But getting my my card was a pretty— lovely moment. And again, that didn't feel like fireworks, but it felt like this like glowing light inside and this excitement of like, hmm, here's my card. Like, I got it. It's real. Like, yay. Uh, so that was nice. And I really encourage everybody out there to pay attention to how that joy and how those moments feel, because I don't want for myself and for anybody I love, which is all of, all of you guys out there, I don't want those moments to go unnoticed and underappreciated or unappreciated just because they're not fireworks and explosions. Do you know what I mean? There's so much good in life, and I know this as I get older, that's just peaceful and just serene and just lovely and pleasant and warm. And those are all really good things too. And I think the younger version of me always anticipated, wanted the giant feelings because there's such a deviation from like everyday life but what I've I've come to cultivate as an adult and I also believe this is part of like the law of attraction part is that big moments these big things that maybe when you're younger you wouldn't even imagine were true it's it's great to normalize it it's great that like joining SAG is like it's part of my life it's part of my career I I worked my butt off and I triumphed and failed and worked and enjoyed and there are times where I did work where it didn't feel like work and funnily those are the the projects that like blew up the ones where I didn't feel like it was work at all um you know I've paved that road to get to this point where it's completely normal for me to start participating in my industry in this way in this quote-unquote elevated way that before felt so out of reach and impossible. And now it's just very normal to me. And I think that's a huge part of like what I've learned from others and what I've experienced in my own life with, you know, be it before it arrives, it'll arrive to you because you're on the path, you know, it's coming. And there's somebody who actually told me that um, even our journey, if we framed it a different way, like we are going to it, we're not even like Necessarily walking to it, it's arriving to us. We're the ones that are still, and it's like life coming to us. I was like, that's a really interesting way to put it. And I tried to imagine what that might look like in terms of life events and achievements and all that stuff. And the calmer that I've gotten, and the more normalized I've gotten, the more grounded I've gotten, and into my own soul and in my skin to pay attention to how I feel if something gives me anxiety or if it gives me peace and joy those are really really key things that have guided me and also just given me a ton to be grateful for and enjoy like truly enjoy life um i hope that makes sense and i hope you know that's something we can all take away like i genuinely it's something that i've had to practice it's not something that came naturally to me i do think i i kind of came out the womb like a little bit of a drama queen And also, let's be real, like generational trauma. There's been a lot that I've had to go through and learn through this life and different blows that I've had to take and feel beaten down. And in certain ways, I'll still feel that now. But it's a practice. And so I'm sharing these realizations with you guys because it is that time of reflection. And it's funny to me, even now I'm processing it out loud with you guys to know, yeah, these two really huge milestones that I've anticipated and waited for for so much of my life and career at this point in my adult life it's really funny it's funny how one felt huge and one felt completely normal like i'm just boiling my kettle to make a cup of tea you know and i love both of them i love both i don't think one's better than the other um and i will share like uh, the reason why i'm going sag it was time like you Again, a lot of actors push it off as long as possible until they have to join Zach. And I had to, had to this time because of a project that came out of nowhere, that I had no idea what it was even at the beginning. And I almost said no to. Um for a number of reasons, mainly my short film, because I was like, I'm busy. I'm focused right now. I don't have time to do this job. But your girl's got to eat. And I was curious about what it was. Um, But it's a project that I cannot tell you about until next year. But it's a doozy. It is the wildest experience that I've had with a very small number of people because the only people who know about it are the people that I've been working on it with. And it's, it's a very isolated, like, insular cocoon that knows what this is. And I am, you know, going to share it when I am allowed to. And hopefully, I'm sure it'll come sooner rather than later. But I can't believe it's already been most of this year that it's this project And it couldn't be any, like, funnier, cooler. And I will tell you guys, I swear, when I'm allowed to tell this, I will tell you all of the weird synchronicities that brought me to this. But it is crazy how I crossed this line, how I became sad. And so I'm being super annoying because I'm like, I'll tell you. I have to be all vague and secretive right now. But yeah, I do have to. I cannot tell you. Um, And I will. And what I do, I will. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm so excited to tell you guys. I'm really looking forward to it. So that was another cool thing this year that I can't even elaborate on. But that happened. Um, Made a lot of progress on the Ashima doc that I'm working on with Kenji. There's been a lot of challenges that I faced within myself as a creator and as a person, as a friend, as an ex-partner, to grow and take accountability in a lot of ways and to learn how to be there for myself, how to be there for somebody else, especially for somebody else who I have layers of relationship with. And there's a whole story to the making of this film, but overall I'm just so proud of how far we've come With this film, I'm proud of Kenji. He has put in 10 years on this project, and it's just—it's culminating into a really beautiful film. And if anybody has ever made a documentary, I've learned so much. I'm still scraping the surface, but I've learned so much in the last four years working on this project, and um, that's something I'm truly proud of. I don't share about a lot. I mean, it's still a work in progress, but I have to note it here in my reflection because it's been a huge component of my life this year— the last several years, um, and not just as a creative professional, but just as a human being. It has challenged and stretched me in every way possible. And I I feel really grateful to it. I feel proud of myself, of us. Everybody's contributed to this because so we've had so many incredibly talented people and incredibly generous people help us with this project. So that's another thing. Really proud of, first of all, that we've come this far that I'm still existing Um, an update that I wanted to share with you guys is that you know after thinking about it for quite a while um, and again being the the Libra that I am I was about to give myself a bad a bad adjective but no I'm just going to summarize it as I'm a human being and I'm a Libra rising so whatever Uh, that part of me that's kind of really weighing out the good and the bad, and wondering what's the right decision to do. Um, I keep coming back to it because I love this podcast so much. I love what we've created. I love the conversations that have been shared on these airwaves. Um, for next year, for the next season, I decided to give it a shot with video. So that's happening. And um, I do, I'm still curious. I don't feel like I'm complete yet with this. I don't feel like I've challenged myself the ways that I've wanted to. I've still been kind of flinching. So uh, the YouTube channel is up now. And so the last season is now up. And you guys can, like, add to that. I'm just, like, curious what it can do to share it with a newer audience and kind of expand. And that's something that I was really, really frightened of, truly, deep down, subconsciously. I was terrified of more people tuning in, which is whole— it's another thing for another day. Um, And I've already shared that probably 80 times at this point on this show. Um, But I've been really scared of expanding my reach. And just because of the feedback I've gotten, the support that I've gotten, knowing that the podcast has helped people and to really question my own ego and to wonder why I'm so scared to be seen and if people will judge me or criticize me or think badly of the show or whatever, right? Like for so many reasons, basically just like being vulnerable, being out there and having the world judge you. Um, yeah, it's still there. I've said, again, I probably said this 100 times on the show, and I'm still going to go forward because I keep being reminded that being brave doesn't mean you're not scared. It means you're scared and you still move forward. And that's a value or that's a trait that I want to continue to cultivate because, I've grown up so much of my life being terrified of so many things. And I've had more than enough proof in my life that when, when I counter that fear with intention and with consciousness and with compassion and with some grit and some, you know, encouragement from my loved ones, when I can face that fear and just move forward, 9.9 out of 10, everything's turned out completely fine and more than fine. It's turned out phenomenal and I do things and I experience things that I'm like oh my god I'm so glad I did that oh my god I'm so like I'm so I like cry I'm so grateful that I did that and that I just end up with so much more gratitude and fulfillment because I was brave some of them turn out not so great where I'm like I shouldn't have done that um but that's life So maybe not 9.9, maybe probably like an 8 or 9, let's be real, like an 8 or 9 out of 10. But really vast majority of the things that I've approached when I'm really scared and I know that I'm being scared just because it's different or it's going to, you know, involve change or me, you know, having to put myself out there in some way. Vast majority, it's always worked out. It's always been like some of the most incredible experiences and stories. So encouragement to you. Go for it. You know, life is short. That's what I keep realizing. And um, not that I didn't realize. I honestly thought this since I was really little. I've thought of death since I was really young. Like the acknowledgement, the stark acknowledgement that we're all going to die. Like I knew this and felt it since I was really young. And now I feel it in a different way. Being in my later 30s having felt like we kind of lost three years of being out in the world the way we wanted to be with COVID, witnessing how drastically and rapidly the world's changing, watching my parents age, um, all of it, like everything is just really, really, really sinking in in a whole different way. And hopefully it'll continue to be a motivating factor for myself and for you that you know, seize the day. If you have had issues being vulnerable, be vulnerable. If you've had a hard time saying no, start saying no. If you had a hard time saying yes, say yes, you know, go for it. And I have had a really big issue with saving things for a rainy day or being like, oh, I'm going to wear these shoes or I'm going to do this makeup or I'm going to talk to this person later, like, you don't know. And I don't know. Who knows if we're going to get that? There's no guarantee. Why is today? Why is right now? Why is not, you know, being alive? The special occasion. I, we just keep getting more reminders of like how precious life is, how lucky we are to be alive and healthy and have breath. That's the thing that I kept repeating to myself and with all of you guys through COVID. It's just health is wealth. Clarity of mind is Wealth. Peace of mind is wealth. You know, having an able body is wealth. Like, let's not take that for granted. And uh, that's also, you know, really driving me to stick with the show, see where it goes, see how many more people we can reach, how many more topics we can talk about, ways that it can be, you know, a value. That's really what I wanted for, first of all, to be a value for the listener, for myself, for everyone. Um, And on that note, I I also wanted to share that uh, a big component of what has led me to close out this year on the note that I am with a lot of gratitude and a lot of this like seize the day mentality was that I got to go to Korea Um, during the break. From first of all, from a lot of things, I took a two and a half week break and I went to Seoul and other places in Korea with my family. And the impetus was because, you know, my grandma, her Memorial Day was coming up because she passed away in 2020. Um, surprisingly, not from COVID. She is one of the healthiest people that ever walked this earth. It is just insane how much that woman had strength and spirit till she passed. And um, she lived to be just under 90 years old. And was climbing hills, like kicking it with friends, going to the bathhouse, like doing all that. Um, and then 2020 hit, and I think her body just, you know, started to wear out. And she passed in 2020. And luckily, my mom was able to go see her mother. Um, but she actually passed away while my mom was in the air. So that was something really heartbreaking for our family. But at least my mom was there to say goodbye and be there in the wake of that and be there for her siblings and just to be there as a family. That was such a huge blessing in the middle of COVID. Um, And my grandfather had passed away years ago when I was 30. He died right before my 30th birthday. I'll never forget that. And he died in a really tragic car accident. So it was there was a lot around, you know, my parents and especially for my mom and having been apart from her parents most of her life as an adult since she married my dad. So we all went to go with her to to be there for her while um, she was dealing with saying goodbye to her mom again, especially now because Korea had opened up. And so it was two and a half weeks with my family minus my little brother. But my brother and my sister-in-law were able to come out. And um, we just got to reconnect with my mom's side of the family because they're mainly over there. And my dad's side is mainly in the States. But this whole trip, you know, man, I could take like another two, three hours detailing everything that happened because every day was so intense. Every day was filled with family outings and meals. And so it was just this roller coaster because it was so much fun. It was incredibly, like, I need to go to Korea once a year for several weeks just to eat. Like, for that alone alone, It is 100%. Like, y'all need to go to Korea just to eat. It's so good. And it's so affordable. And it makes me heartbroken about the state of the United States and our inflation. Oh, it was just heavenly for that. So there's like such stimuli that's just giving me all the joy and pleasure in the world. And then we're dealing with such heavy things. And I was also there to explore the film industry because, you know, we're there as a family but I also, like, it 100% became a work trip, too, because I wanted to understand how can I, you know, hop the pond and become a trans-Pacific storyteller. Um, so from family to cultural differences to industry stuff and travel and logistics and time time changes and jet lag and working on multiple projects, um, it was such a roller coaster. As I think a lot of travel is, and I think that's the beauty of travel. Um, I think travel is such a condensed and intense way to teach you things because you have perspective. You have different perspectives and you have zoomed out perspective of being away from home. And everything becomes like this comparison and contrast to your normal life, your everyday, Right. So it was a truly intense time and I'm grateful for all of it. I have a very mixed relationship with Korea. I have so much love for this country that I wasn't born in, but that I come from because my parents, you know, getting to see their hometown through their eyes to learn about the places that they grew up in. It's such a time warp. And Korea itself has changed so drastically as a country since my parents immigrated Um it's really, really wild. Just you can you can see it within the structures. You can see it within the decor um, from the historical sites from everything. How rapidly things evolved there, and that part is part of me. You know, like we came from dirt and straw structures and mud and clay, like decades ago. Within decades, it's not that long ago, and. The atrocities that happened in the wars and in the colonization, like, it just sinks into my skin, into my soul, into my spirit, into my brain so much more differently now that I have the life that I've lived up until now in me. Um, And just seeing how old my parents have gotten and then to see how... This is where they went to elementary school, and this is where they fell in love, and this is where they went on dates, and this is where they went on their honeymoon, like, it just struck me so differently. And then also to see that my grandparents were both gone, and to see their old house, which is the house my mom grew up in, it's it's just crazy because that's where I have such distinct memories of, like, my first trip when I was eight years old, and staying up all night in, that, in these rooms, in these same rooms, where... Like my brother and I, we would like sing Aladdin together because that was the hit we went in ninety eight and that had just come out in theaters, and I probably already watched it two or three times at that point, and I definitely learned all the lyrics to a whole new world. I was probably working on Prince Ali because that one's more of a lyrical um challenge, but I just remember like singing Aladdin into the night with my brother, and we were coming up with like roller coaster ideas, like imaginary roller coasters that we would. Create in our own theme park because we were just bored and trying to pass the time because we couldn't sleep. Like I remember all of that plain as day, and to be in my 30s and to like smell the smells and feel the furniture still and see how worn it's gotten, it's just such a it's such a crazy experience to like have that time warp, and that's it sinks into your bones in a different way. Like time has really passed really fast, and it made me feel a lot of guilt because I was just like. <laughs> She really wanted to see me get married. And she really, like, we talked about it. Like, I visited—this is probably my sixth time there. So I've seen my grandma, and she's come to America, too. Um, so even though we didn't see as see each other as, regular, as regularly as I have my paternal grandmother who's in the States, and I've spent a lot more time with her, I still felt really, really close to my grandma, my maternal grandma. And I really loved her, and I knew how much she loved me. It's like, you don't need to be around a person a ton of times to know— how much you mean to them. And I always knew that she cared about me so deeply and my grandfather too. Um, and she really wanted to, I'm the oldest granddaughter and she really wanted to see me get married and be happy. She wanted to see me have kids. And I really wanted her to be there too. I would have loved that. I would love for her to have like, been able to share that moment and it didn't happen It has it, she's gone and so is my grandfather and it's just like a reality and I felt guilty for that and I started reliving like all the mistakes I've made in life like why didn't I reach this milestone at this age you know like going through all these expectations and everyone listening I'm sure you know like it's just At this juncture, we've all given ourselves the compassion that I think is totally warranted to be like, you know, we don't have to meet these milestones at these ages. It's not, we're in a different culture now. It's not the same as back then. And I know that and I appreciate that. And at the same exact time, as much as I don't like truly shame myself for that, I have sadness over it. I have sadness that I didn't get to experience that. And I do have some level of guilt. And shame because I can look back in hindsight and look at all the dots that connected and all the mistakes that I made and all the ways that I hurt myself severely and how other people hurt me and just wonder, like, at what point could things have been different? And at what point could I have maybe taken a path where she could have been here to share that moment that she really would have loved and I would have loved? It's all those what ifs, right? Right. And I don't think it takes away from, like, my own compassion for myself. I don't think it, like, undoes my forgiveness that I've had to work on for a long time. Like, I had to learn being there to allow myself to grieve and to be sad and to feel that shame and to feel that guilt and then just go through that journey of feeling those things and then ultimately come back to a place of compassion and understanding and forgiveness for myself to be like, yeah, Minji, you didn't get to have that. And that sucks. And I'm so sorry. It's really hard to let that go, to accept it. And you're going to be okay. And like, I had to then go through all of those things, you know? And that was a really big thing for me to take away is like, I, I think as human beings, we do so much work and, Mental gymnastics, emotional gymnastics, logistical. Like we do so much to not feel those bad feelings. And I get why. it makes It's completely reasonable. Like why would you want to feel this pain? And the pain comes in so many different forms, right? Whether it's feeling guilty or shameful or regretful or angry and resentful and like bitter and whatever. Like no one wants to go through that. Like I would be – I'm not signing up for that. No, thank you. And yet it's a huge, huge integral part of life. It's such a huge, important part of process because we cannot overstimulate ourselves out of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can see that so clearly from so many of my actions and choices from the past. So I was always looking for something to avoid it at all costs. Like, I just don't want to feel bad. Whether that's, like, projecting my anger onto someone else or getting really, really obsessed with work and being hyper-achievement focused and, like, having to, like, be the best in everything because that's the only way that I could feel good about myself. Because deep down, I'm, like, you know, I'm feeling all this, like, negativity about who I am and what I am as a person and just, like, trying to get all the accolades, like, maintaining that straight A whatever mentality and practice that I had since I was a kid and, you know— dating people instead of being alone and just processing and healing from stuff before trying to like trauma bond with somebody else and like get their attention and get their validation so that I can feel like and beautiful and worthy and valuable in someone else's eyes because I don't see it that in myself. It just hit me like a truck how much I avoided it. So I, I'm grateful for that because it was so unpleasant. <laughs> it was so unpleasant, but it was really important. I think it was, it was just some of the most important things. That on top of like all the other things that were happening in tandem, because like, man, you guys, like family drama is no joke. Like we all know this and I know y'all have some version of it. And my heart goes out to you because it takes so much out of you. It is like a soul destroyer. Do you know what I mean? Especially, maybe ironically, especially when you've been doing the work and you have awareness of like your subconscious thoughts and like where your trauma comes from. It doesn't necessarily like fix it because you're just hyper aware of like, it's so, at least to me, it's so obvious like the dysfunction. Do you know what I mean? And before I'd say that used to make me have a like a superiority thing. And I think that's not a healthy or, you know, an admirable thing to be doing. But I was, I was 100% always just like in a truly like judgy place of like, well, I know where this comes from. And I, you know, I can kind of, um, what's the word? Like diagnose things from like this higher level, blah, blah, blah. And that's always been an issue of mine that I would just get high and mighty about stuff like that. And, I think I'm less like that. I think I've truly have been working with intention to become more neutral and or compassionate towards everybody. Like it should knowing these things, I don't want them to become a source of like me having judgment or superiority over anybody else. It's me that I'm doing this to gain understanding. I'm doing this to to understand myself and figure out a way to best navigate this world. But man, it was a really really tough journey for those almost three weeks, every day, bumping into some new version of our family drama. And it's not even just drama. Like, that seems so, like, reductive. Like, it's true relationships. This is relationships. This is pain. This is history. This is love in a lot of ways. Like, love comes in so many forms. In Korean culture, it's like, family is everything, right? So, The way that it will like overwhelm anybody and the way that it will get projected onto other people and the way that it gets demanded of of other people. I just said demanded it. Did you hear that? Demanded it. That's how intense it is. It's not just demanded. It's demanded it. It's insane. It is so crazy how much there are these like expectations, these obligations, these rules of conduct, and if they are broken in any fashion, how much pain it inflicts on each other like it's not even just that's what i'm saying like family has this ability to like f you up in a way that no other person on this planet can for me not even donald trump and that's a that's a big thing to say because i hate that mofo but like my family who i will fight people for who if something happens to them will like impact me the most drive me crazy <laughs> like, ah! and we came back and it, it was a lot to recover from and I truly I to not bore everybody maybe I'll do this in a live stream we can talk about family stuff um it resulted in my my dad's my biggest challenge He wasn't the only challenge that I faced on this trip. There was plenty of other dynamics going on that were plenty. It was deep and a lot to navigate. Um, But it did, you know, I got in a huge fight with my dad. And I'll be real. Like, I really thought I felt a level of anger and, like, despair that I don't think I had reached really yet. And I thought I had reached it years ago. He just continues to surprise me. I almost like jumped out of a moving car. I have had the impulse. I didn't. But did I have the impulse, the desire, and at some points determination to jump out of a moving car once it got beneath a certain speed? Yeah, I was that angry. It was a—it got bad. And I genuinely— had to talk my—it was a millisecond by millisecond process to talk myself through all the rage because it's also a matter of safety and, like, the way things were at that moment. If I had opened my mouth, which is my go-to weapon, right? If you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know, like, I got some attitude in me. And I knew I was playing with fire, but I was so ready— to burn it all to the ground I was ready to tell him exactly what I thought and exactly how I thought it and that would have been one of the most unwise decisions and I knew it but when you're that angry and you're that distraught you don't care at least for me I don't care and I have that so that awareness that's what scares the crap out of me is when I'm that mad anger is such a potent thing is such a It's such an easy thing to be drunk on and, like, just get lost in, you know? And I was millisecond by millisecond, like, truly having to talk myself through that. It was about a 20-minute drive enduring this thing. And it was, you know, the fallout continued for hours after that. But at least we're physically apart after that, after we got out of that car. But for an eternity of 20 minutes, I had to literally— Physically like calm myself and tell myself not to open my mouth because it was danger zone if I did. I was so close. And I was genuinely contemplating all my options. And this is where I genuinely I want to plug meditation. What I think meditation has helped me do, because I haven't even been that consistent with it, but what I've noticed that it has helped me do doesn't turn me into a monk, okay? Maybe one day. Well, maybe one day I'll get there. But what it has helped me do is slow down my thoughts. Meditation has made me so much more aware of separating myself from my thoughts and to understand that my thoughts are not necessarily me because that's the way that I've always grown up, that my feelings and my thoughts and what I'm thinking is me and I am it and there's no separation from it. And that has led me to make certain choices and reactions and responses that I'm not always happy with, right? So I noticed that the benefits of that were so obvious in that 20 minutes where I wanted to truly jump out of a moving car. I did not. I just wanted to get away from him. I wanted to get out of that situation. I wanted to be out. I wanted to be done. And what I had to do in those milliseconds was think through it to slow down. And meditation had helped me learn how to slow down and be aware of my thoughts and I said, okay, you're really angry right now. I'm like, yeah, fuck, I am. I am fucking angry, right? And I'm like literally having a conversation with myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I might die here. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because it's so bad right now. I'm finished. And so I had to just converse. We had to just check in. And I had to weigh out my options and like talk myself through it. And I did. That's how I passed 20 minutes. It was like giving myself options. Okay, it was like, you don't have to, you could jump out of the car but is that going to be good? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if I break my neck. Maybe that's for the, I really and like, sorry, that sounds so extreme, but that's truly what I was like thinking about in my mind. And I was like, you know, that's not going to be good for, I know you're mad at him, but what about like your brother? And like, what? I was like, you know what? I've done enough for this family. Like I'm literally having conversations. And then I'm also calming myself down. I'm like, okay, what are your other options? Well, you could just walk away, You don't need to talk to your dad for the rest of the trip. I was like genuinely contemplating this might be the last time I talked to my dad. And it pains me because I've seen so many, at least in my universe, so many Korean families break apart. I know so many children who don't speak to their parents. And I know siblings who don't speak to each other. And I know just there's a level of intensity that I'm very familiar with. And some other people outside of, My particular culture might be like, that's so freaking intense. And I don't disagree with you, but like, it's also our lived experience. And I can 100% understand how and why families don't talk ever again. Do I condone it? No. I'm not praising it. I'm not encouraging it. I don't, it pains me when I hear that it breaks my freaking heart. But do I get it? Yes, I do. Because I was in that car basically figuring out, oh, my dad's not going to walk me down the aisle at my wedding. I just, I was like rapidly in succession trying to accept this is my life that I'm going to have to live without him. And I was envisioning it and I was learning how to accept it because I was so done. I was like, I'm too old. I've been doing this for so long. And so I'm also sharing this. I, I thought about what it would mean to share this story. And it's not just to like spill the tea. Which we all have a little tea spelling, but it really is. This is the collisions. This is, these are the types of collisions that happen over the holidays and in general in life. But a lot of times at the holidays, because you're gathering with loved ones, loved ones, quote unquote, and everyone's walking in with a lifetime of baggage. So, um, I've been so fortunate to have such a good group of friends and we can all be there for each other. And I've been hearing it. I've been hearing the patterns and the difficulties that adult children are having with their parents. And this is a lifelong thing. And I don't think it's ever going to really like stop. But I do think that the intention of why I wanted to share that is that eventually, for some miraculous reason, I did not jump out of that car and did resolve with my dad. And I'm, you know, spending time with them in Atlanta for Christmas and we are okay. And there's something like there's a lot more to unpack there. And I don't know how I feel about all of that. But there are these a number of things that we're going to experience and the choices that are available to us that we're going to make that will take us on many different roads. And I just want to put that out. The reason why I'm sharing this very dramatic story and just this one instance, because there's this is a lifetime of many different collisions with this this human being in my life. I get it. That's all I want to say. That's not all I want to say, but that's the main thing I want to say. I get it. A lot of people get it. And you're not crazy to feel those things. You're not a crazy person. You're not a bad person. You're not evil. You're not ungrateful per se. Like Human beings are allowed to feel things all at once, and we do, whether we like it or not. You can love someone and feel so much rage against somebody at the same exact time. What you choose to do with that is up to you. And I want to remind you that you have choices. It's not just like that. I know the feeling of like, I don't have a choice. This is my parent. This is my family. I didn't get to choose them. And then you're totally right. You didn't. That's the crazy part is that you have such attachment and love for someone. You didn't choose to mean that much to you. It's like they were Amazon delivered and you're like, I didn't order this. And you're like, too bad. This is yours for life. Deal with it. No exchanges, no returns, no warranties, no nothing. Just deal with it. It's yours forever. You're like, okay. And the thing is, I also know, knowing myself, that even after he's gone and after all these people are gone, it'll still be there. The issues will still be there. It's so annoying. So yeah, honestly, I'm sharing that just to be like, <laughs> in true holiday spirit. Like, I get it. It's complicated. It's It can be really heavy and Sit with that as much as you can. Take space from it when you need, like, as much as it sounds crazy, like, do things out of love. Love for yourself. Do things out of love for the family. Sometimes the best thing you can do for your family is take space because I'm so glad, so grateful and baffled that I kept my mouth shut that whole 20 minutes. That means I have grown, y'all. I'm telling you meditation works. That is proof and evidence right there because i I, former me, would have mouthed off. I don't think I could have survived. There's no way. There's no way. It would have gone from nuclear to like, I was, you can't, I don't know what's above nuclear. It would have just 1,000% gotten 10 times worse if I opened my mouth and I was on the brink for 20 whole minutes. Do you know how many seconds that is? That's a lot of seconds. And I didn't open my mouth because that would have made it worse not only for myself and my life, I don't know, I could have caused a heart attack of my dad, who knows, or myself, my mom, my brother. We were in the car together. Like, it would have caused so much more damage. And I'm so glad that I had the ability to choose to stay silent for my safety, for everybody's safety, for my sanity. It just, I knew from experience and knowing him, it wouldn't have helped in that moment. So I'm saying that because I'm saying, like, if I can do it, you can do it. And it will be really hard, probably, probably, being real. And you can still do it. And there's so many ways to love. And there's so many ways to be wise, to be mature. And I want to encourage all of us, myself included, to keep that at the forefront. That being intentional about that can be the difference of opening your mouth and mouthing off and not, about exercising wisdom and patience and understanding, just even for self-preservation, not because even the other person deserves it per se, but just so that you don't lose your mind and cause more fallout in your own life. Do you know what I mean? There's so many things, and I don't know your life. I'm not here to prescribe what that is, but I'm just sharing those thoughts and feelings as encouragement because holidays are freaking hard. Being a grown up, dealing with generational trauma, dealing with your own self-development and trying to also manage not only your own thoughts and feelings and accept where you are at in life, but also have that collide and bump into other people who may or may not have done that work, oftentimes have not done any of that work, or are on just a different path and trajectory than you and have not gotten as far along as you have. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? We need to have grace for people as well. But We are in constant collision. We are in constant—that's relationships, is that we're around others. And we are not islands, that we're not living in a vacuum. And sometimes it's good to take your space and be an island for a little bit. But eventually you're going to have to, like, they will have to get resolved somehow. And hopefully that happens in a healthy way where it's not damaging, that it's actually edifying you. And also to understand that sometimes a lot of those bad feelings, it may not feel good, but it is doing good for you. And I think there's a lot of value that we can get in learning how to endure certain things. I'm not a big person like, oh, you just need to shut up and bite your tongue and endure everything. Absolutely not. I'm really not that person. But there's just different strategies, different tactics, different ways and different choices that we can, you know, use to get through these, to get through these things, to get through these moments that can feel make it or break it and actually be make it or break it. It pains me that that's like the essence of a lot of the the holiday season. I want everyone to be holly jolly, drink cocoa, and eat gingerbread cookies, and like be happy as a clam around a fireplace. That's what I want for you, and that's what I want for me. And part I will probably have that, but that might not be the whole picture. At some point, again, if I'm around my family long enough, it just statistically speaking, it's likely that it will. It will. I don't know. I don't know what happened. One can only hope. I just continue to hope. And I don't want to end on that, but it, it really is coming from a place of love to tell you, I'm like holding my, this strap thingy. I'm like, I'm telling you, I get it. I understand. There's no one else that gets it outside of you. I get it. I promise you. And you're going to be okay. I promise you're going to be okay. You will get yourself through this. Even if Everyone around you is crazy. You'll be okay because you will get through this. Okay? Hold on to that. I love you. Um, and as we're closing out this year, I don't know what happened in your life. I hope lots of amazing things happen in your life that you can sit there and like just sit in absolute gratitude of. And I also hope that you can make space to reflect on some of the things that didn't go the way that you wanted or expected and accept it and to... As much as you can, embrace it and learn from it what you're supposed to learn. Because I do think everything good and bad are our lessons. And let's finish this year strong, peacefully, safely. And man, 2023. This I'm calling the Michael Jordan year. You're 2023. It's going to be, this world is insane. It's crazy. We just need to accept that. We'll go with the flow of that do our vision boards. Just take time for you. Set your intentions. Be good to you. Love on you. Sing yourself a love song. Dance. Be silly. Life is really, really short. And I, for one, really want to enjoy. I want to enjoy every moment that I can. Sometimes that takes practice. Um, But it gets easier. And even when it gets hard, you get better. Just remember that. Remember that I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you guys so much for being part of this energetic blob of love and (laughs) commiseration and support and growth. I could not be more like blessed or lucky to have this community that's grown. And it's been an anchor for me in a lot of ways. And I don't think I've been as good to the anchor (laughs) as I'd like to have been. And I apologize for that, and I'm really grateful that you guys have been there for me, like, through and through. Patient and supportive and creative and suggesting all these awesome things. And next year, let, like, let's go bigger. Let's talk more. Let's be more truthful. Clock's ticking, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> have happy holidays. I love you so much. Thank you to Marvin, my producer. Thank you to Juliana, my social media marketing manager. Thank you to Anna and Prisca, who helped me out so much this year with all of these episodes that somehow miraculously made the airways. And thank you to Uzuhan for use of his song i trap for the intro Boy, you yourself, And for the nonsense. outro <laughs> I'll see you guys in the new year I love you so so much Have a great holiday Take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you soon Bye Hi, I'm Marvin part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.